If you are eyeing a leadership role, but you're not yet leading and you wonder if you're actually cut out to be a leader, or if you are leading a team, but find it kind of hard, challenging and worried that you might not be made for this job, then this episode is for you. We're going to talk about the answer to the question, are you cut out to be a leader and what you need to consider to find your personal answer to this. Here's the question. How do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role, build the confidence and competence to lead your team successfully and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization? That's the question and this show provides the answers. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw, and I'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress and dread, but as a source of contribution, connection, and fulfillment. And this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders who know how to lead so everyone wins and grows. In this show, you learn how to think, communicate, and act as the confident and competent leader you know you can be. Welcome to this week's episode of the Manager Track podcast. So here's kind of a fun behind the scenes kind of thing. When I am in a group of people, new people, people that don't know anything about my work, and they ask what I do for a living or what my job is, and I say to them that I'm a leadership coach and that I work with managers directly and I help organizations develop their leaders, then they often sort of find it interesting, like, oh, that's fun, so you must know the answer too whether leaders are born or made. And it's funny because it's kind of the headline question that we sometimes even see on social media. (laughs) And I do think that sometimes people expect me as a leadership coach to have some elaborate, unique perspective on this question. But I actually don't. And I don't think any leadership coach or executive coach, at least that I'm aware of, would have any unique answer to the question other than a very clear, straight to the point, leaders are made exclamation mark kind of answer so (laughs) I thought I'm going to talk about this a little bit on this episode because I'm fully aware that people ask themselves these questions ahead of taking on a leadership role which I actually think is a really good thing but also people ask themselves this question when things get rough when they are leading and it's challenging and it's hard and they might find that The people aspect of their role or the leadership aspect is the hardest or the most energy draining. And they wonder, you know what? It was so easy when I was an IC, an individual contributor. And sometimes I wonder if I should just go back and be in an expert leader role again versus a people leader role. And maybe I'm just not cut out to lead. I do have a perspective or an opinion on this. And I want to share this with you in this episode. This is not a long one. And I want to actually get straight to the point. Because when we think of leaders, we sometimes think of these big names, right? Uh, It could be Abraham Lincoln, it could be Martin Luther King, it could be Mahatma Gandhi. It could mean, you know, as for me, someone who's practicing stoicism, it could be people like Marcus Aurelius or even Steve Jobs or Bill Gates or Jack Welsh. These people that we have in mind that we associate with leadership. And we may think that's a certain type and they have it. They have the it factor and they are the people that others want to follow. One thing for sure when we look at these people that we would label as leaders more closely is that one, they were all very different kind of leaders. And two, 
they weren't born that way. They all went through ups and downs, through challenges, struggles, tribulations, for that matter. They all developed that sense of leadership or became that leader that we then or currently remember them to be. But that's not how they got started. And it's often even the picture that we have of them is not the full picture. It is a story and a perception that we have of them. The only person of which you know the entire story is you. So even your direct manager, even the CEO in the organization that you work at, you only see a fraction of the full story. And so sometimes I think we're losing sight of the fact that other people have challenges too. They may receive tough feedback. They may fail. They may mismanage a situation. They may frustrate someone else or feel like they're letting someone else down or they have people leaving the company and they blame that specific person for their departure. We just don't know. We usually only know the tip of the iceberg and not the full story. But when you're assessing yourself on whether or not you're cut out to be a leader, you know the entire story, not just the tip of the iceberg. You know also the shadow side, the dark side below the surface of the water, the heavy, edgy corners of the bottom of the iceberg. And so we naturally have a different perception of ourselves than we usually do with other people. But other people, they often present the good side. And especially as leaders, you have to be aware that you're representing a certain image. You want to create a sense of confidence and you want to obviously come across as a person that others want to respect and that others like. And so we're presenting something as leaders. We're not sharing our entire emotional <laughs> roller coaster inside or the inner world or all the challenges that we're facing. Those things are often not public. Okay, so that's the first thing to be aware. The second thing to be aware in terms of this question, whether or not you're cut out to be a leader, is that, as I said, there's not one way to lead. In fact, in academia, there are over 350 definitions of leadership. And that just goes to say that what we define as leadership is not what the world defines as leadership. I actually think it's a good thing. We should not have one way to lead. There's also not one leadership style. I'm always getting a little rammed up when people say, what's your leadership style? And here is your leadership style. Like, okay, there's a dominant style or a default style or the most natural style. But then leadership is all about flexing your style to better meet other people and situations. And so as you grow in leadership in terms of the actual experience that you have, you will change as well as your ability to expand in terms of breadth and different styles will expand as well as you continue this leadership journey. So first off, what we see in other leaders is not the full picture. The only full picture that we have is that of ourselves. So naturally, we have a bit of a misconception on what is true or real. The leaders that we admire or look up to, that's not how they got started. They went on their own roller coaster or journey as well. And there is not one leadership style. So if you have a leader who seems naturally charismatic and gifted and well articulated and extroverted and you think, gosh, I'm just kind of not that person. Like I want to be more rah-rah and I want to be more social and articulate and confident and charismatic. But that's just not me. 
then know that there's nothing wrong with being different. The person that you're admiring or that's role modeling leadership to you in some extent, that is only one way to lead. There are a lot of very successful leaders who are introverts, leaders who are having a hard time finding the right words or have to do a lot of coaching and training in order to speak with more confidence and clarity. There are leaders who are a lot more detail-oriented, others who are very result and success-driven, and then others, again, who are all about caring for other people and collaborating and bringing people together. And there is room for everyone. That's the beauty of it. And then again, as much as we have a default style, the real true leadership comes out when we start to learn how to flex and we increase our toolkits so we can pivot and adapt to more situations more effectively. So that was high level, sort of 30,000 foot view. Let's now break it down and look at you personally. There are two main questions you got to ask yourself to answer that question whether or not you're cut out to be a leader. The first one is that you genuinely care for other people and you have an interest in people. And if that is a no of like, no, I actually don't care for the people I work with. I'm way better working alone. I don't like people. I don't care about their problems. I don't care what they do and what they want. I just need them to work and show up and execute so that we can bring our project to the finish line or see we can deliver on what we need to deliver, then that would be a sign that your strength profile and what motivates and energizes you may not be the right fit for a leadership position. Could you do it? Probably. You could learn and adapt. Would you feel fulfilled and would it be fun and would you enjoy leading and would other people see this as a genuine effort? Probably not. And there is a difference between sort of being a mediocre manager who gets the job done and then leaders people love to work for. So could you do it? Could you be the average manager and coordinate work and deliver results? Probably. But the leaders here that we're talking about being cut out not to be a manager, but being cut out to be a leader that genuine care and interest for people, I believe, is a prerequisite. The second question that I think you should think about and ponder on is whether you're okay stepping away from the technical expertise and stepping into the realm of relationships. What I mean by that is as you are progressing as a leader in your leadership career, the technical expertise will become less important. The leadership aspect, and I'm specifically referring here, communication, relationship building, coaching others, strategizing, creating a vision, getting people on board, all these factors will increase in importance. Yes, being credible in terms of the technical skills and your expertise is very helpful and is helping to build specifically fosters trust. Yet, you will be doing less of that and more of other things. And one of the challenges that some people have brought to me that they have and when they wonder should they stay in a leadership role or not and they want to talk to me about their decision is that they say, I feel like I'm losing touch in my industry. I realize everyone else knows more about the job or 
the technical aspect of my job and I'm thinking here for example coding everyone else knows more about the code than I do I really enjoyed being in the weeds of things or other people are actually crafting these messages or they're closing deals and I'm sort of behind the scenes. These are no longer my relationships or this is no longer my code or I feel like I'm not keeping up with the trend. I feel like the technology is changing so much or the field is evolving so much. I'm not keeping up with it because I am busy and preoccupied with the leadership part of my work and my responsibilities. And if you're not willing to make that trade-off, if that is hard, then even if you're equipped to be a leader, you may not feel aligned with being a leader. You might find yourself down the road sooner or later in a position where you think, oh my gosh, I regret stepping away from the technical part of my work because now I feel like I'm behind the curve and I have to catch up and I don't like it. I liked and enjoyed working really in the weeds of things that is a decision you need to make ahead of time or as soon as possible if you're not ready to let go and step away and let others become the technical experts in order for you to expand your impact and your influence and the people leadership aspect of your job then this may not work out in the longer term as well as if you don't genuinely care about other people leadership may just feel like a struggle and you'll never really get to that place where other people think, this is an amazing leader. They got my back. I know they genuinely care. I feel seen, heard, and respected as the individual that I am more so than just an employee. And that's ultimately what matters a whole lot when it comes to leadership. So these two questions are the big questions to answer. And then if you do decide that you actually care about people and that you want to invest in your leadership career and you're okay stepping away from the technical part and the nitty gritty of the profession that you once learned, then embrace the fact that leadership is a journey. It's not a light switch. The day that you got the job or will get the job that you'll automatically be a leader. It's something that you have to learn and earn. It comes with responsibilities more so than it comes with privileges. I actually think investing in your own leadership is part of the responsibility because if you as the leader get better, everyone will get better. If you're not growing, people won't grow. If you're not a good leader, the team will suffer. And so speaking of that responsibility and the leadership growth, the three pillars that I believe with all my heart that you will need to pay attention to, this is part of my own proprietary APS method for leadership development, is A for awareness. So really doing the work on yourself to become aware of your own biases, of your emotional states, of your thoughts and beliefs of your strength and of your resources, your what we call overdone strength or limitations that you currently have, your default leadership style, as well as trying to uncover blind spots. That is something that you need to invest in and it does not end because the more that your scope of responsibility will increase, more challenges and new challenges will come up. That's a natural part of personal growth. The second aspect that you need to invest in is developing your leadership principles. And this is really important in order for you to feel aligned with who you are and to be able to make decisions based on sound principles. It makes it easier for you to lead and it will make it easier for everyone around you because you become a more predictable, consistent leader. There's nothing worse than the rash, inconsistent leader that everyone is afraid and tiptoeing around them. 
So those are the principles and you can do this by investing in leadership development like the Leadership Accelerator program that I run or you can do this by reading books and every time you see a principle in a book that resonates with you, you capture and you keep reflecting and thinking about these principles. There, by the way, it's not about developing a hundred principles. Usually 10 principles plus minus some is what most leaders need and what most leaders go with and find the most useful. And then the third one is to develop your leadership system. Your system encompasses all the routines and the behaviors, the things that you do over and over in order to lead your team. Team meetings, one-on-one meetings, feedback, performance reviews, the way you coach, the way that you set goals, the way that you develop careers or career conversations, and the list goes on. That all makes up your leadership system and you've got to develop one. And you have one and be really clear on what that system is. Again, also a big part of what we do inside the Leadership Accelerator. Awareness, principle, and system, those are the three aspects of the APS method. And if you are on that journey and bought into becoming a leader and you can answer the question of caring and being genuinely interested in others and being okay stepping away from the technical expertise or your particular profession to take on more of the leadership aspect, then you're signing up for this journey. It's not an easy journey. It's a challenging one, one that comes with more responsibilities than privileges, as I said, but it's also a very fulfilling one and we need more great leaders in this world. And so if you're cut out to be one, you should probably lean into it. And the fact that you're listening to this tells me that you are aware and interested in becoming a great leader. And therefore, we need more people like you who care about their own development. So kudos to you and I'm cheering you on. Also, if you do have doubts, if it feels scary, if you're unsure or you worry, know that that's normal. Yeah, it's built into our brains. That's how our minds work. There is the worry, there is the self-doubt. I recently talked to a client about this and said, it's kind of like the exhaust that comes out of a car. We need the fuel, like the energy, the motivation to get moving and to get from A to B. And then a side product is the exhaust from the car. And self-doubt, worry, concern, feeling anxious about it, it's a side product, especially when you're going through pretty significant growth. And stepping into your first leadership role is for sure a huge growth journey. Um, And so it's very normal that your brain will freak out a little bit and give you all kinds of concerns and doubts and questions of whether or not this is right and, and telling you that this is scary and maybe you shouldn't and maybe just stay safe. That is how our mind works. There's nothing wrong with it. Consider it the exhaust on the car. Wrapping up, we talked about the answer to whether leaders are born or made. They're clearly made. It is a journey though. And there are some prerequisites or questions that you should ask yourself and honestly answer for yourself in order to know whether or not you want to embark on this leadership journey. And when you do or you're already in it, then it's your responsibility to keep growing and to invest in becoming the best leader that you can be. You have a huge impact on other people and how they feel about work, how they therefore show up at home after their workday. And so take that responsibility serious, invest in your own leadership growth, specifically around awareness building principles and your leadership system. If you want to learn more about the Leadership Accelerator, check out the show notes or head on over to RamonaShaw.com. 
slash leadership dash accelerator to find out more and schedule a call so we can chat and we can make sure that this is indeed the right program for you. I hope you found this helpful. If you have other fronts, colleagues, coworkers who are in the situation where they wonder if they should apply for a leadership position or they are, but they're not sure, maybe they're complaining once in a while or wonder if they should just become an IC again, please pass this episode along. It probably means a lot to them. And of course, it means a lot to me as well. And with that, thanks so much for listening. And I'll see you next week. Bye for now. If you enjoyed this episode, then check out two other awesome resources to help you become a leader people love to work with. This includes my best-selling book, The Confident Incompetent New Manager, which you can find on Amazon or at RamonaShaw.com book and a free training on how to successfully lead as a new manager. You can check it out at RamonaShaw.com masterclass. These resources and a couple more you'll find in the show notes down below.